This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Let's check in with Adam Rowe, who writes for the Devil's Den, part of the 24-7 Sports Network there, uh, covering Duke. And uh, we'll get his thoughts on this matchup. Adam, what's going on today, man? How are you? I'm doing well. I hope you are. I am. Uh, I'm doing well, man. This this matchup has a lot. Of, yeah, no doubt. This this matchup has a lot of people with a lot of attention. And look, ORU's talked about this a ton. When you get to play the blue blood that is Duke, that has all the eyeballs on them, you're a team that has a ton of momentum right now, based off of the way that you've played your regular season. You cannot buy the type of uh, media response. The, the amount of attention that you have on yourselves right now, this is a team that feels really confident. It's so weird, dude, to look at this and think that a team like ORU actually has more tournament experience than what Duke does. Uh, now, that might not mean a whole hell of a lot of anything by the time the, the game gets tipped off, but it is weird to look at a, a school the likes of ORU that has more tournament experience than what Duke does as a whole. Yeah, I mean, that, that plays a lot into, I think at least, in the success of, of teams in March. I, I think, obviously, with a program like Duke, where they're turning over the roster just about every year, it's gonna, they're going to go into each season with less and less experience. I think a big factor in Duke's, Duke's favor, at least on their roster, is a guy like Jeremy Roach, who, who went to the Final Four last year. Um, and he played really well in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight um, and helping to get through some, some tough defensive backcourts um, last year. Uh, so he'll have to kind of bring that experience with him. But other than that, I mean, it's slim picking. I, I think I think Jacob Granison played in, in two two games in the NCAA tournament with Illinois. Um, I don't think Ryan Young ever made it with Northwestern, and that's it. So, so yeah, it's going to be the coaches and Jeremy Roach are going to have to kind of impart that intensity into those younger kids that that just haven't been through it yet. So we know a lot about some of the some of the injuries, the fact that you know when they've had their full complement of players, they've lost one game. When did all of this kind of change, Adam? I, I read one story that said you could really kind of sense a change back uh, during one of the wake games where things started really kind of coming together for Duke. But when, when did it all change and when did you start to see signs of, oh, we know what they're fully capable of now? Yeah, I think the Miami game in Coral Gables, they lost by like 20-something points and it, and it really wasn't that close. Uh, Laranega pulled his guys off the floor like six minutes left. And, and talking to the players and the coaches, after that game, uh, Duke called one of the famous players only meetings and kind of had a come to Jesus moment with, with the players just themselves. None, none of the, none of the coaches were involved and, and they really kind of redefined their roles on the team and, and kind of, I guess, kind of remembered what it meant for them to just go out and have fun and play basketball. Um, and the next game was at, was at Virginia. Uh, so that, that Miami game was less than 48 hours after beating Carolina at home. Mm. Uh, just one of the most emotional basketball games you can be a part of in, in college basketball. Turn around, lost to Miami, blowout. Turn around like two days later and go up to Virginia, or three days later and go up to Virginia. And they lost that game. I don't know how much you pay attention to it, but they lost the game on a controversial 
last second call and regulation, yep. and the ACC actually had to send out a statement and say that the call was wrong. Um, so I think that kind of, you know, everything happens for a reason. I, I think that even, like, maybe fan those flames a little bit more, like, all right, we can hang with Virginia on the road. And that was the thing that they hadn't been able to do all year was play on the road. Like, I, I think the players kind of realize that they could play with anybody now that they've got their, their full complement of, of the roster and everybody's healthy. And they haven't lost since. Uh, they've won nine straight games. Not as long as, you know, Oral Roberts' 17-game win streak. But it's been pretty impressive to watch them play basketball ever since then. So in your opinion – is is the seeding from Duke right now? Um, were you a little bit shocked that they fall on that five line? Uh, we'll get into what Shire had to say about the five twelve matchups, which he was that was one of the first questions he was asked from his press conference. Yeah. Was of course addressing his team with that, but just knowing what we know about them, and I I I when I first saw it, I was like, oh okay. But then when it really dawned on me is when I listened to a podcast of all people with Tyler Hansborough where he goes, dude, I think Duke's underseeded. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, Psycho T said that about Duke. Like, that probably pained him to say something like that. So your thoughts on just landing in the five spot in general where I was a little bit stunned by it. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the highest-seeded team in the final AP poll of the regular season to ever get a five seed. They were 12th. In the final AP poll, I mean, all the metrics pointed to them. You know, they should have been on that four line, I think, is where everybody that I was following had them. Yeah. Um, you know, and it go, again, it goes back to that Virginia that Virginia call. Like, if Duke would have beaten Virginia in that game, we wouldn't be talking about this. It could be Virginia playing against Oral Roberts here. So, I, I think the committee, you know, that's all a black box to me, but I, I don't think that they really can – that Duke wasn't healthy for a large portion of that January run where they were losing like every other game. Um, but it is what it is, you know. I, I think they're off by a team or two, so, you know, no, no current and still no. But I, 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 there was like a couple teams on that 5-12 line where I thought Duke might have trouble against, and Oral Roberts was definitely one of them. Okay, so um, Shire addresses that right off the top, right? And he did not shy away from the historical nature of the 512, did he? Yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's how they say to win your bracket challenge, right? Yeah. Pick a 12 team to beat a five and then have them ride them for a couple rounds. I mean, this is not going to be an easy matchup. I think the initial odds had Duke favored by like five, five and a half points. Um. This is it's just gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. I'm I'm excited. I'm going down to Orlando tomorrow. I'm really excited to be able to take part in in the atmosphere down there and and watch the game. Um, I think you know the whole Duke's Duke's play in the ACC tournament this past weekend. I was at every game there, and it's just fun. It, I mean, college basketball this time of year, you're fortunate if you get to watch these games and if you get to watch them in person, it's even better. So I'm really excited. So during this nine game winning streak, he, he talked about lively and how much that that has been beneficial for them, but his growth on defense, how much in your opinion, along with, with coach has, has that kind of impacted where they're at right now as a team? Oh, it's been huge. Um, you know, lively with, with touted as the number one player in the, in the class of 2022 coming out of high school. I think, you know, a lot of these, if you talk to a lot of like 
like recruit recruiting scouts will tell you that that maybe this class, 2023 class and the 2024 class, they they just got hit so hard with COVID and the and the you know very integral years of their development as high school players, and so I think you know big men always take a little bit longer to develop, but I think Wiley and had a little bit more work to do there. Um, but he's been able to kind of come into his own. He's always been known as a shot blocker, but he was picking up fouls left and right at the beginning of the year. He was just kind of going over the top and, and bumping into guys. And he worked a lot with uh, Neil Jefferson before and after practices. But I've been talking to Derek throughout the year, and he told me recently that the, the one of the biggest things for him – uh, that kind of changed the way that he blocked shots this year was talking to his mom. And his mom is like a very famous basketball player. I can't remember exactly where she's from, but um, this her, her name is Kathy Drysdale. And mm-hmm. she's like, she was like one of the best women's basketball players in her area growing up. Um, and so she told him, you know, don't try to attack the ball. Wait for them to try to attack the basket. That, that was his words is what her tip that she told him that he's really taken into, I mean, I think he's blocking somewhere close to three, three blocks a game ever since like the middle of the season. So he makes up for a lot of their defensive lapses and allows them to play kind of a pressure defense, which I think will help them a lot against a team like Oral Roberts that wants to kind of screen you, ball screen you at the top of the perimeter and, and get open shots for Max Admus and some of their other guards. Um, he's just gotten that pick and roll kind of hedge and ice screen down. So he, he lets their guards, you know, really play that pressure defense and, and eliminates or minimizes the risk of the other team going over the top. Now, not every team in college basketball has a seven foot five center that they can throw it up to. That's right. <laughs> You know, what I look at Duke overall as a whole, we can sit here and we can talk about individuals all you want, but it, it really seems, Adam, that along with uh, Filipowski uh, and Roach, who have been kind of the, the more consistent players of the entire season, but we just talked about Lively, but then you throw in a guy like Proctor, who's really kind of come into his own as well as as a point guard, um, and that has allowed Roach to play off the ball a little bit more. It, it almost seems like there's three or four things that have kind of fallen in line for them to kind of hit their their peak momentum right now. Not just one thing; it's it's multiple things that have got them to this point. Yeah, and and you know Shire, um, I think really did a good job of motivating Mark Mitchell as well, who's kind of their defensive um, chess like queen on a chessboard kind of guy. He mm-hmm. can guard one through five. Um, so he, he's kind of their defensive specialist, but his offense has really picked up lately too. He's gotten early in the season. He was more of a three point, you know, he would basically, basically just stay out on the perimeter and shoot three pointers, but he's really trying to get to the rim now, force defenders to make a decision on whether or not they want to stop him or, or foul him. I mean, foul him or, or just let him go to the basket. He's a six, eight long armed kid. He's real athletic. Um, and then Derek Whitehead, who was another five-star guy coming out of high school, he was like the final piece of the injury puzzle that, that he, he hurt his leg in, in the preseason, missed some games there. Just as he was getting back into form, he re-injured. He, he injured his other ankle. Um, and he, right before 
the ACC tournament, he finally got to a point mentally where he was like, all right, I can do the kind of stuff that I was doing in high school. Um, and for him, he's just come out firing from three, and he's just been knocking down threes left and right ever since, ever since he came back from injury. Um, but now he's given them, you know, 15, 20 minutes off the bench. He's another versatile defender. So they've really tightened their rotation down. They only go eight deep. Um, with Grandison, Jacob Grandison and Ryan Young, the two grad transfers that they brought in, those are the two guys that they, they kind of go to. But those are the eight that you're going to see play unless something goes wrong with the starters. Adam Rose, our guest from the uh, Devil's Den, part of the 24-7 uh, network there, covers Duke. If you were to give Shire a grade for his job this year, what would it be with handed the, he's he's handed the keys to the to the Ferrari? How has he done so far in year one in your opinion? I mean, I, I think he's he's done definitely better than I expected. Uh, they you know, people were talking they were on the program and kinda of thought this was gonna be a bridge year. You know, new coach replacing Coach K coming, you know, replace. They had 11 new players come in. Like everybody just kind of expected next year was going to be the year that they would they would keep some guys from this team and really build their roster with some experience heading into next year. And for them to flip that switch after that loss to Miami, uh, I, I don't think anybody saw that coming. To be honest with you. Um, and I, and I, he didn't get a vote for coach of the year in the ACC. I didn't have a vote. I probably would have voted him. Um, but I, I think he's done that level of a job this season. Where is this team a little bit lacking in, in your opinion? If there's a way that Oral Roberts can, can do this, um, how in your mind does this play out if, if Duke doesn't play well in what aspect? Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on this uh, when you were talking that Tyrese Proctor has really become like the primary ball hander. If, if a team can take the ball out of his hands and, and nullify his, his his ability to create off the dribble, it takes off a lot, lot more um, pedestrian, I would say. It's a lower plotting. Um you know, from there, you've really got to attack them, the defensive glass. They are one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. So if you can kind of slow down Proctor's ability to find guys with easy shots, force some misses, and really counter their ability to offensive rebound, I mean, those, are, those, are, those are the two ways you're going to slow this team down. I think Virginia did a really good job of that in the ACC tournament. Slowed them down. They're only able to score 59 points, but Virginia just can barely score themselves. So they only put put up 49. So I, I think I think the talent aside from who I think is one of you know the top three players on the court tomorrow, um, they're going to need or Roberts is going to need those other guys to really step up, the guards and wings. Um, and really slow down Duke, like I said, on the offensive glass. Well, it uh, is definitely going to be fun, and it's so funny. You would think in a matchup of literally like David versus Goliath with just the likes of the two programs, I think both were so confident with the way that they've played here or Roberts over the most of the season, Duke, as of late. It's so weird, in, in my opinion, Adam, to kind of see both of them go, 
uh-oh, like when they saw each other across from the bracket, mm-hmm. right? It's weird, like from Duke's perspective to say, uh-oh versus ORU, and then there was so much confidence with ORU, then they saw Duke, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, damn, that didn't really go the way that we wanted it to, especially in a five twelve matchup. It's just, it's so weird, but I think it has the ability to be a really great game, honestly. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and, I, and that's, you know, as a as a writer, that's all you want to see. There's no doubt. It's a, no it's doubt. A good fun game, and we'll uh, hopefully won't be exhausted from the from the long drive down there, and hopefully y'all won't be exhausted from watching watching uh, March Madness all day. Awesome, man, Adam. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for joining us here in Tulsa, and uh, we'll uh, have to do it again sometime soon. Thanks, man. Sounds great. Thank you. Awesome. That's Adam Rowe joining us from the Devil's Den, part of the uh, 24-7 Sports Network, covering the Duke Blue Devils as ORU gets set for their contest tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.